Hi everyone, this is Pete Perusik. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Weathered Athlete Podcast, a place for us to honor those athletes that refuse to go quietly into the night. As a weathering triathlete and a physical therapist, I will spend my time talking with those athletes that continue to make the necessary repairs and continue to move forward. They may have a few cracks in their foundation or a squeaky step, and their patinas may continue to fade, but they are no less glorious than years prior. In fact, I feel they have more heart and resolve as they have weathered and can provide the pathway and set the standard that we should all live by. My goal is to determine what sets these individuals apart from the rest of society. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave me a comment, and share with your friends. Today I'm honored to be joined again by Tom Morris for mile number 21. For those of you that may not have had the opportunity to check out his episode, I highly recommend it. He is the Senior Assistant Athletic Director for Athletic Performance at Indiana University. In this episode, we take a deep dive into how breathwork is being utilized at the collegiate level and the specific techniques that he is using on a day-to-day basis to improve his performance in life and athletics as he continues to recover from his C6-7 spinal cord injury. I view this as an introduction to the use of breathwork and performance. We discuss techniques including Wim Hof, nasal breathing, shallow breathing, intermittent breath holds, and the use of a 478 relaxing breath. I do have a disclaimer for those wishing to attempt some of these techniques. Since I do not know any of your medical conditions, I always advise you to consult with your healthcare professional and do not attempt any of these techniques while driving or operating heavy machinery. But saying that as someone that has been wearing a mask for the past eight plus months, I've noticed a huge difference daily with the utilization of a nasal breathing technique at rest and with exercise, as well as five to 10 minutes with a four, seven, eight relaxing breath cycle scattered throughout my day. I encourage you to take a deeper dive into how maybe some of these techniques may benefit you. Exciting news for 2021 is that I will be uploading the video segment of my conversation with the guide's approval. Today's conversation will be uploaded to Facebook and to the Weathered Athlete YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me again. You know, it's funny after our conversation, I started thinking a little bit about, you know, things we talked about and really right from the second you talked about breathing exercises, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, okay, that's something that I wanted to try to reach out and again to just approach that because I'm very curious about, about that, um, Mm -hmm. about how you guys do it at school. Uh, But first of all, do you use HRV, like heart rate variability? We do, yeah. So, um, so let's say this. So, sports science is a big deal for us. So, sports science, we 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 spend a lot of time. Um, we have a whole entire lab. We have uh, a lot of people devoted to following all of um, everything geared around heart rate. So, um, from HRV to just overall um, getting good metrics from practices, from the games, and stuff like that. Um, so, we spend a lot of time with that. Um, we don't. We use HRV, but it's nothing that um, – I'm trying to think even how to word it. We don't follow it so extensively. In the world of endurance sports, um, there's so many protocols that we would follow off of an HRV reading um, and, and all that feedback. But in the world of college athletics, there's so many variables that are going on that it's almost like we see – if we see the HRV and it, it looks a little off, uh, we know that we got to dial – we got to figure out something that's making that uh, that HRV number um, not so uh, advantageous for the athlete. Mm-hmm. But all the variables that go into it are there, there's just a million different things from the, the college classes to the overall what their sleep patterns are, 
where they were at the night before. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of things going on. So we, we, we really lean on it, but we don't lean on it uh, with so much weight as, uh, as um, a lot of others do that have a lot less variables going on. Okay. So how about you personally? Do you use it at all? I don't really use it. No, I don't. Um, what I found is I, I have a, I have trouble with uh, my, my, um, my levels of where my heart rate in are, but so my heart rate before I just was all dialed in and it was so set of where uh, everything was at, but with the spinal cord injury, my maximal heart rate to everything, everything just kind of got skewed, but not in a way of like, well, it's 10% less or it's, you know, there's nothing that is definitive on it because there are days that I could get out there and push 160 uh, beats per minute. And then there are days that I can't even hit 120 or 125. And, and I thought that was just a fitness thing. I thought that was an effort thing. I thought that was, and uh, the more research that I had to do uh, with this injury, um, the more that a lot of people say is the, there is a lot of inconsistency um, in the heart rate based off of um, because of that cervical injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it skews up everything a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. It's, it's complicated. I just started probably over the past couple of weeks trying to measure mine. And, you know, first mm-hmm. of all, it tells me I'm stressed every single day. And I don't exactly. feel like I'm stressed all the time. But um, it, it's, it's interesting, because I'm just curious about it. That's why and I know yeah. it's getting a bigger play right now. I know people are paying attention to it. And I know it is in athletics and a big time, especially higher up, the higher you go up. These athletes are dialed into everything that they're doing. They are. And, you know, that, that's the same thing as the uh, like the whoop bands and, and yep. being able to measure all the sleep. Um, we've we've, do, we've done a ton of that. We, we do all this stuff. What we used to do is a ton of stuff with whoop and the, the sleep patterns and all of it. But at the end of the day, it's so hard to like with a college athlete that is literally telling us they're sleeping four and five hours a night. And then the heart rate or the everything that goes into it. And you look at it and go, where do we even start with these young kids? to just, you know, get them dialed in. And um, it, there's just a lot of things going on because that's, that's it's to be able to see what's going on is like first step, but then to be able to actually um, make the changes and actually change in their lifestyle to try and correct that and make some of those readings better. Poof, that's a whole different mountain to try and climb because it's 18 to 20 some year olds don't, <laughs> They respond really well to anything you give them if they actually do it. But if they don't do it, oh, yeah. uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, that's a challenge. So that leads me into breath work, which is pretty much, you know, as far as what I, I'm seeing, uh, as far as trying to improve that HRV. Um, what are you guys doing um, as far as breath work with your athletes? Yeah, so we don't do um, a, we don't do a lot of stuff. We do a little bit of stuff, but we just we're consistent with it. So, and I'll talk uh, specifically about our men's soccer team. You know, we do a lot of stuff that's based off of the Wim Hof method. I don't know if you've read anything about Wim Hof, um, but I was introduced to the Wim Hof method roughly about four or five years ago now. And uh, it was introduced to me at, as a way of athletic performance. You know, how we're going to um, we're, we're going to increase red blood cells. And I didn't really understand what that meant. And I won't uh, begin to bedazzle you with, with the physiology behind it now because I still don't quite ex- understand it. Um, but it was introduced in a way of by doing this different breath works, we could change the physiology of the body. We could increase red blood cells. And, and as you know, you know, it's advantageous for us to, to have more red blood cells, um, our oxygen processing, everything becomes better with that. So I was immediately intrigued about it. And so um, 
we started doing this, this Wim Hof method. And, and what that Wim Hof method is, is very simply, um, it's, it's deep breaths in the body. It's, it's pulling in, it's pulling in from the diaphragm, it's pulling in through the chest, and it's trying to take that maximal oxygen uptake and then blowing out. But the, the breath coming out doesn't expand all the way out. It's almost like there's about 10% left in there, and then you pull again, and you go through it. And you go through a series of these for 30 to 40 minutes, or 30 to 40 reps. Yeah. And then on the 40th rep, blow out all the oxygen, and then just hold your breath. And it's that breath hold that is the foundation of where Wim Hof, uh, Wim Hof's breathing method is all based in. So um, we do this a lot with our, with our athletes. We do this, um, and I shouldn't say our, all of our athletes, but we'll do this a lot with the men's soccer team in particular, uh, because endurance is such a, a commodity for them to have. Uh, so we do this, we'll do this before um, a workout, or we'll do this at the uh, post-exercise of the workout. Um, I actually lean on it a little bit more for the post-exercise, just because I, I feel like it is a great way um, for them to, you know, stretch, um, go through all the, their, their cool down, but then bring their body um, to rest with, uh, with the different breathing patterns. Okay. Yeah. I think what it's almost what three cycles is what I've seen or two to three cycles is what they're trying to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll go between two and five. So okay. depending on time frame, depending on how we're doing it, um, three is kind of a magic number. Me personally, uh, I try to do it myself around three, um, but we'll try and minimum get two. If we do have uh, more of a time frame, then we'll, we'll even bump it up to five total one. So we, we do that on um, recovery days and to try and get the body um, to recover a little bit more, um, to try and get the, uh, the nervous system to relax and get um, you know, more the parasympathetic to, to turn on. And um, yeah, and it really works wonders. A lot of our guys really buy into it because it's not just the breathing itself. It ends up turning into a competition because it is a breath hold and you get 30 guys that are all sitting there going, Spencer just held his breath for three minutes. Well, then somebody else is going to try and go 301. And, and so it's, it's, it's pretty fun. It's definitely a neat way to, to, to get these guys working um, differently because like, like I said, we, we go, we work hard. We, we do all these things all the time. Um, now how can we get them focusing on these things that, you know, when I was an athlete, I never, I never use uh, any kind of breath work. I never even, even heard of it. And, um, and now it's really paying dividends for their overall performance. Yeah, that's good. So how long are they holding the breath as long as they can, or is there a time? Yeah. So, so there's a couple different ways to do it. So what we do at this point, when we first start off, we'll go, um, but we'll say we'll do 30 deep breaths and then they'll hold their breath for about a minute and 30. And you, you automatically go, well, a minute and 30 is, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, but I assure you, even on the first rounds, even on some untrained athletes, um, after the 30 breaths, uh, let alone the 45 or 40, um, you're able to hold your, your breath for this minute and 30 seconds. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, at that minute and 30, you would take a big deep breath in, you'd hold it. After the, you'd wait 15 seconds, expel, expel all that oxygen out, and then you go back into that rhythmic breathing again, 30 to 40 reps, just back and forth. And, um, and then you'd repeat that. That would be the cycle. So that would be your cycle. Your, your, like you were saying, between two and five of those cycles. So 30 to 40 breaths, 15 seconds of a breath hold at, or, uh, 30 to 40 breaths, uh, breath hold. Then when you can't, uh, when you need, you have that, that, that that demand for oxygen and you need to take the breath in then you take it in and you take that deep 15 second 
or you hold it for 15 seconds and then you repeat that cycle. Okay. Yeah, I found I've done it a few times and you get to the end, like a minute, you start to shake a little bit, your your body's like, okay, give me that breath now. But I was amazed how easy it was to get close to a minute. Like I really thought that it would be hard. And like the first 30 seconds are just, you know, by in a second. Right. Yeah. But then as you start to go and I'm, I'm impressed, you know, these athletes are younger and they got a lot more lung capacity <laughs> than the rest of us. Three minutes is pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we're at a point too. So now, so I do, I do with the guys and, and, um, and we sit down and now are you expelling all the oxygen out of your, or all the air out of your lungs? Are you holding it at the end? So the, the, uh, which as far as like doing the 30 breaths. So when I take the deep breath in, I'm just kind of letting it kind of go out. I'm not expelling all of it. Um, so I I am leaving some, but I'm just relaxed. You're not forcing it. You're just kind of letting the, everything kind of settle down. Um, that's the way I've been doing. I don't know if that's right. That's the way that I've seen it. Um, yeah. And that's the way. And so I do it that way as well. Um, do it the exact same way. And then I also do it with actually a breath hold. So I should say a full, uh, full, uh, you know, full of, uh, lungs full of oxygen. And, um, and that is even, again, the physiology behind that, you're going to be able to go longer on there, but there's, there's times there that I could go three, four and five rounds. And on the fifth round, be peaking over the five-minute mark. And okay. if you go five minutes without breathing, um, even with a lung or a chest full of oxygen, it's it is a um, I don't even I mean it's it's just a crazy sensation yeah. um, throughout the body. But but what I found is that just like training, the more I do this, the better I get at it, and it's paid direct dividends into my overall cycling. Um, because the, the actual endurance itself, um, it, it comes in a way that I do feel stronger, uh, lung capacity wise. I feel like I recover a lot faster. Okay. I feel like the overall, my body's ability to adapt and overcome and just continue to keep moving, uh, forward is enhanced just for the fact that like all the breath work that I am doing and, 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 and the overall feelings that are going on in the body. Okay. So how often are you doing that specific technique a day? So I do that once a day. I do okay. that. I do that every day. I do that. I wake up in the morning and I, excuse me one second. Mm-hmm. I've been talking all day, Pete. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I, my voice by the end of the day, I sit here and go, ah, it's all raspy. Um, but, but what I do in the morning is, is I'll start up. I, that's what I wake up to in the morning. I wake up in the morning um, before I eat. I do. I lay down on a mat. I, I like to lay on my back and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go through those different series at that point <clears throat> and I'll go uh, usually between three and five, um, but get three to five rounds in. And then I'll go on to a, a next te- uh, technique that I'll talk about yeah. um, that comes from uh, the oxygen advantage uh, okay. book that has been really, really good. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. Get to that in a yeah. second. One last question. So as far as position, I've seen it mostly laying down. Can it be done sitting? Are you, or is it always laying down? Do you recommend so I like to recommend. So, so, and you could you could probably attest to this when you're when you're breathing like that. There sometimes is a sense of um, almost like dizziness. I mean, you definitely you get this real <laughs> weird tingling fe- feelings in the fingers, and and I think it's just best that you're going to be laying down on your back. Yeah. I, I think you feel a lot better, a lot safer. I've seen it. We've done it with our athletes where they're sitting upright and they're sitting tall and they're doing it. But again, they start getting. You could just tell what they get a little lightheaded that they just mm-hmm. don't feel quite as right. The other part is, is laying on your back. I feel it's, it's, it's about the rhythmic 
breathing pattern. So it's making the diaphragm activate. So it's that belly uh, rising and then making the, the entire breath go belly up into the chest, up into the neck, and then make that, it's a big circle. And in the Wim Hof always talks about it, making it circular. And, and, and it, it is that it's, it's pulling in through the diaphragm and making that stomach rise up through the chest. And then it's this circulation out through the, uh, um, the, the through the nose or, or the mouth, whatever you're breathing out of. But it's that rhythmic kind of flowing uh, sensation of it. And I think you get that better. There's a much better feeling of that when you're laying on your back because you can really synchronize that. Yeah. It, it, at first, it was tough to get the sequence of how things were because, you know, you want to we're so used to chest breathing. And so it was hard to get it to go to kind of. So, yeah, it, it takes practice. It sure does, but it, and and when I first start doing it, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I'm trying, I just cannot. And uh, but when you got like after you say, like when you have practice with it, all of a sudden you do feel this like wave going through your stomach and or, or through your airway, and it really does not only relax you, but you could feel a different way of breathing and and getting oxygen into your body. Okay, um, how about the next? You said do you use another technique? Yeah, so this one. Um, I just started doing this maybe about four or five months ago, um, and it's, it's done by Patrick um, Patrick McKeown. Um, he wrote The Oxygen Advantage, and uh, it's a phenomenal book. It's a phenomenal book that uh, I was it was recommended by our football strength and conditioning coach, um, who's big in a lot of different breathing um, techniques. And um, one of his uh, of Patrick McKeown's. Um, what techniques that he calls is he calls it breathe light to breathe right. And uh, so it's based off of trying to pull as least amount of oxygen into your body, breathing through. It's always nasal breathing too. So I should say that before we start anything. Um, it's always breathing through your nose. And so he, you breathe in through your nose, but what you do is you systematically keep pulling a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less amounts of oxygen into your body. Uh, to a point where you're you're getting really really starved for for oxygen. You're not holding your breath, but you're just putting these little little sips in. And you'll start off with a sip that's I don't know a, a little cup full, and then all of a sudden it keeps getting less and less. And and then I'll finish that up. I'll do that for about a roughly about two minutes of just trying to stay as low as shallow breathing as I can, still trying to breathe through the nose. Mm -hmm. Still trying to not pull through the chest and just keep the belly to rise, um, but I'll sit there in that state of of a, a lack of oxygen through the body, and um, it's it's almost like the the opposite of doing the Wim Hof method as far as you know pulling in all that oxygen. This is just taking a different thing, and so I combo these two together, and I can't really tell you um, there's an exact science behind any of that, nor do I even have a great way to. Um, tell you why I'm doing it. Besides, I really like the two of them. And when I get up from it, when I get off the ground from doing those two exercises, I feel re-energized. I feel, uh, I, I feel like I'm ready to tackle the day. Okay. So do you mind, I know it's, you're sitting right now, like the Wim Hof, cause that's definitely they're extreme. That's too opposite. How forceful, if you can kind of show us or demonstrate like for the Wim Hof, how forceful. And then I want to see the other technique, even if you just do maybe just one or two, you don't have to go through 30 cycles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so the Wim Hof method is, is you're pulling forceful. You're trying to get as much into your, into your body as possible. So it looks and it sounds just like this. <sighs> And 
And so from here, again, when I'm upright, I'm pulling everything and I'm trying to really get that, that body filled with as much oxygen as I can. It's in a pattern of it's, it's relatively fast. It's, it's okay. moving steady and it's kind of going through. Wim Hof has a great app out. I believe they just started charging uh, for the guided breathing technique, but I think it's still only like $30 for the year. Okay. Uh, but he puts you on pace with it. He makes his own breath and his own uh, sounds to make sure that you're deep or pulling in deep with the breath and, and you're, you're keeping up to the cadence on there. But that's kind of what that looks like. Okay. The opposite is different for the O2 for the breathe light to breathe right, because it's just simply it's breathing through the nose and it's. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll put my hand on the stomach, okay. on my stomach, and I could even go on my chest. And then it's just. And it's just ever so softly. And okay. each time you take that breath in, it just gets a little bit less and a little bit less. And I do that for roughly, like I said, about two minutes. Okay. And each time you progressively keep getting it about the minute 20 to minute 30 second yeah. uh, mark, you'll start feeling that little, uh, you, you really want to take that big breath in there. But this is the part where it's it's kind of like the pain cave of of um, uh, of when we're on the bike and doing stuff. It's the time that we're, we're continually getting better. In the beginning of breath work, don't try and force it. Uh, he, he really talks about that a lot is, is not trying to force a lot of these things, but gradually build up. But what I found was the more I could kind of sit in there and not fight or give into the urge of, of taking that deep breath in and just stay in it, my body will stay relaxed. My body stays uh, calm. And then I get the, the benefits of that, uh, the breath work. Okay. So you're doing that once a day too, combined with the Wim Hof? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's every morning I do the both of those techniques, and then I, and sometimes uh, uh, sometimes that's where I'll call it quits. Um, and, and with that breathe light to breathe right, I do two rounds of that. So that's okay. two minutes, and then I roughly come back into a regular steady pattern of about a minute and twenty to a minute and thirty, and then I'll go two minutes again of um, nice and easy. And I'll do that every day. Um, every day it's kind of my uh, part of my morning routine. Um, and then you there's a, there are many days that I'll finish that up with. Um, even like a meditation, which mm-hmm. um, within meditation, it's still just a rhythmic breathing pattern and, and, uh, and a kind of relaxing way. But it, it it gets everything primed up for me. It gets at my entire body um, going. And it, it's the, the more often if I don't do that, I could clearly tell that I'm going to start. The, the day doesn't start quite as nice for me if I don't okay. do that breath work. Okay. And how long have you been doing that? So the Wim Hof stuff, I've been, this would be year... Gosh, this has to be over. This is about two and a half years now. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then Neo Two Advantage to breathe light to breathe right. Um, I just started doing that. Like I said, a few months ago, I started doing it, and and I love the contrast of it. It almost yeah. uh, Wim Hof revs me up, um, and then this stuff kind of it pulls me. It, it relaxes me a lot. So this is another technique that um, I'll do before I go to bed too. Just kind of nasal breathe, kind of work on focusing breathing my breathing a nice easy. Um, routine, um, effortless kind of flowing uh, breaths through my nose and I'll just lay in bed and I'll just work on that nice um, relaxing way of pulling that oxygen in. And it's amazing to, to see what it does as far as setting me up to just fall asleep and relax my entire body, bring my body entirely to rest before I actually close the eyes and have a good night's sleep. That's good. So are you doing some like throughout the day, are you doing like breath cycles, you know, 
seeing where you breathe in for four, maybe hold for seven, blow out for eight. Are you doing any of those type of things? Um, even maybe with meditation as well. I do. Yeah. So, okay. so a lot of them, I, I think, so, uh, in O2 advantage, they talk a lot about, um, uh, just breath holds themselves. So just, um, if you're walking down the hallway, taking a breath in, blowing the air out, and then just walking, uh, you know, a handful of steps, you know, four five, six steps, uh, with no air, without breathing, uh, because that stimulus, um, is incredible for what it does for overall, um, overall health and overall, just your ability to, um, for your body to, to, to have great circulation. And there's so many other things that go in. Um, so I try to actively do those breath holds throughout the day, throughout um, my daily practice. If I'm sitting here typing on the computer, just sitting up nice and tall, um, good posture, and then just taking a couple deep breaths in and then just blowing out and just typing until I need to gasp for air, you know, and, it, and gasp isn't even the word, right word to use. It's just when you feel that sensation, you take a breath and you put it in and, and then you're good to go. Um, and so I do, I do that throughout the day. There's no real strategy I put into um, as far as like 11 o'clock I do this or mm-hmm. one o'clock. What I try to do is I try to get around, um, I would say about a half a dozen to maybe even a dozen different times or different bouts of breath holds throughout the, throughout the day. And um, yeah, it's done me well. It's just whenever it kind of dawns on me, the more times I do it, the more times I become more aware of it and um, kind of the better the, the feedback loop becomes to me. And then I just, I'm uh, more conscious of it. Yeah, that's, that's great. And as far as like nasal breathing, I know we talked last time, you said you've been doing a lot of nasal breathing. Now, do you do that when you're exercising and how do you incorporate that? Yeah. So, so a lot of different things with that. So nasal breathing, I just started um, when I go to bed at night, I put a piece of tape over my mouth. So it literally, you have to breathe through your nose, which was hugely intimidating in the beginning because it was, you know, it was just such a challenge to be able to lay there and, 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 and think about having your mouth closed. But, um, but it's only over the last few weeks that I've gotten comfortable with being able to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it has helped out tremendously with being able to um, do, you know, breathing through an entire night pattern because we just got to remember that if you're breathing through your mouth, you're snoring, you're, um, if you're doing that for six to eight hours a night, well, you just practice something for six to eight hours. So mm-hmm. if you wake up the next day and you're going through your daily habits, subconsciously you're going to start breathing because breathing through your mouth because you've just practiced breathing mm-hmm. through your mouth. So um, at night, I try to make sure that I'm, I'm nasal breathing as much as I can and I tape up my mouth in there. But then uh, from that point, when I start cycling, now when I'm biking all the time, um, I will wear that piece of tape across my mouth uh, even when I'm on the bike. So what I'll end up doing is really focusing on nasal breathing. Um, I will make sure that my mouth is completely taped shut, but then I'll do a lot of those breath holds uh, mm-hmm. while I'm on the bike. So it's, you know, breathing, breathing, but then what I'll do is try and do a breath hold for like five strokes and just see how it feels. And, and, and that's at a point where I'm trying to train that the same way as I'm training Watts or heart rate or anything else, because when I started um, just doing breath holds, it was, well, how many rotations could I get in uh, before I'd need to get a, a, a gasp of air? And, um, you know, and that was only one or two in the beginning. And now you could see how it's getting better, the same intensity on the bike. Now I'm continuing to be able to push and not worry about breathing, uh, you know, for uh, up until like 12 to 15 different pedal strokes. So um, it's all kind of a progression with that. But yes, that's a long winded answer to your question. 
No, but that's perfect because, you know, I've seen that with people actually taping their mouth shut and, you know, it, it kind of made me laugh. I'm like, okay, they really pulling the duct tape out and they're actually, people are actually yeah. doing it. So it's interesting to hear that you actually are doing it. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Do not use duct tape. Make sure <laughs> right off of that. So duct tape really took my lips right off there, but. But it is true. So if you get that little, um, uh, I think they call it paper tape, yep, like paper surgical tape. tape. Yeah, yeah. You put that across your mouth, and yeah, I'm telling you. I, and I, I would, I, when I was reading that, I got that from the Oxygen <laughs> Advantage book, and uh, I'm like, man, this is goofy. And then I, I googled a bunch of people doing it. And, uh, sure enough, I decided I decided to do it, and I laid there in bed that night. My wife is looking at me kind of out of the corner of her eye, and uh, I didn't. I'm telling you, I didn't even close my eyes, and I'm like, I can't do it. Like, that's just. It's like I was getting, it was like I was drowning. So, yeah. Um, but now it's, it is, yeah. It's like it, I just needed to fall asleep the first time with it. And then, uh, yeah, we've, it's, it's gotten better, but boy, oh boy, it is kind of weird. But I got to tell you, it is, it's unbelievable, um, especially for, for me. You know, I, I didn't realize, I, I have a friend that's a PT and she was out the one day and she's like, you're really breathing and pulling through your, your scalenes and up through mm -hmm. your neck. And, and I didn't realize that, but, but this, this this injury itself, being you know in the seated position, doing yeah. all, it's it's a lot harder to breathe um, diaphragmatically through the you know belly breathing, or, or it's always pulling up through the neck. And so, um, yeah, I thought you know what I need to I need to really look at this because I I couldn't see myself doing it. I couldn't I didn't feel myself doing it. So any way that I could get the breathing pattern to to reset and and do it the right way, I'll do whatever I need to do. How long have you been doing that? So the tape, the taping, you mean? Yeah, uh, the tape. This is, um, I guess, this is about two months now. This okay. Is, so taping when I'm on the bike, yeah. I'm sleeping with tape. It's only been about the, I think we're only on maybe week three, two okay. and a half to three. So okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I've been trying to run more and keep my mouth shut, and it's, I tell you, it's hard. And it's it's amazing how fairly quickly I'm getting better, you know, but it's still nowhere where it needs to be. Um, right. But I did a, a 10K on ran out in our neighborhood on Sunday and I did that on and off throughout the whole run. And my time, I was amazed. My time was awesome. And I didn't really even try. And so I went back and I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, actually, I looked at my time. I said, like, wow, that's, I did that in 53 minutes. So I'm like, how did I do that? And I didn't think I was running that hard. Um, but I was trying to do that. And it's amazing. I think I was so focused on holding my breath. I wasn't uh, breathing through my nose. I wasn't paying attention to how fast I was running. Yeah. Well, our, our, so to echo that, I mean, first of all, incredible. But our soccer guys say the same thing. So when we used to do um, intervals, like we would do 300s or we would do something up on the track for uh, – I, you know, before it was just don't put your hands on the legs, do, you know, stand tall, all this. But we never talked about the breathing and what it should look like. And um, and we started doing that, you know, last year, really focusing on it, really focusing on trying to breathe through the nose, control it. You know, you could you could breathe fast, you could breathe whatever, but um, staying tall and breathing through the nose and let the body kind of um, relax, get the, everything to kind of uh, calm down and actually recover the right way. Unbelievable. And I mean, even if you want to talk about um, the heart rates, just seeing how the heart rate monitors uh, registered, how much faster these athletes were, were their, their heart rates are dropping back into a uh, the, the right state. I mean, the, everything was happening for them. And the only thing that was changing was how they were standing on the sideline in recovery, how they're 
how they're doing the exercise, but then how they're actually breathing and bringing focus to that. And so their numbers went through the roof. So I, I do think that, as you said, there's just so much that goes into when we're able to actually start focusing on nasal breathing. Mm-hmm. Nasal breathing itself, not even any of these techniques, if you could just focus on breathing through your nose and consciously breathing through your nose at all times. But even then, if you could even throw a piece of tape on when you're doing work or you're doing anything that um, you, know, you might not realize you're breathing through your mouth, it's unbelievable what kind of um, return it gives on um, your overall endurance and your quality of life. Yeah, and I'm seeing everything is, you know, you start with the normal activity, kind of like just sitting around, you know, walking, you know, light runs, maybe easy on the, on the bike. Um, and then you progress it to where you are really taxing yourself and trying, again, short duration, because it's not something you can go out and run as hard as you want um, right. for a long period of time. You know, it's it's tough. <laughs> tough. It's tough. And that is one thing that everybody always told me, like any kind of breath work, anybody that really follows breath work, they say that is one thing um, that you don't want to push. Like you, mm-hmm. you can push through a lot of, um, you know, different, you know, when you start running, you can go a little fast, a little quick, um, maybe not. It, it, there, there's maybe better protocols with it. But with breath work, there should be no strain. It should mm-hmm. be go out there and try it. Hold your breath. But the second that you need to breathe, you breathe. And then you slowly, slowly build up. But as you were saying before, it's almost just by doing a little, you see this return on yeah. uh, just focusing through your nose, breathing through your nose and how quickly your your body almost wants to jump back into that state. Yeah, it was great on Sunday when I did that 10K. I came back and actually then did some sprints after. And I tried for the short, very short, not even if they were 50 feet, you know, or 100 feet. It wasn't very far, but just trying to do some little sprints. And I was trying during that time to to just nasal breathe, and then I would breathe normal during the kind of recovery. But uh, it, it was it, it definitely is eye opening. It, it definitely is um, amazing, but it's not easy. But I think also we talked last time wearing a mask has probably helped. Yes. You've, you've gotten, uh, you've gotten used to that discomfort of just, you know, being restricted anyway. Yeah, it is so true. It is so true. That is, uh, I'll tell you what that yeah. COVID has been a challenge. It's been tough, but there is, there's some things that have helped us, you know, the, yeah. the mask wearing or, or that when, when the numbers do come back or when the, the Ironman's open again and endurance sports open and everybody's back up going, we're going to have rested athletes. We're going to have uh, uh, people that are really used to working through some major discomfort. And who knows? Maybe maybe that's the silver lining of all of it. Yeah, I hope so. You know, it's interesting, Co. In, in August of this year, I'm going to be doing Boulder 70.3. So, you know, it's at 5,000 5, feet elevation. So it's I've been it's kind of another reason why I figured I better start doing some of these breathing techniques ahead of time to try to prepare myself um, because I, I don't have the luxury to go out there and, and, and for two weeks prior to this event. Um, so any advice that I know you're always doing short event type of things uh, with your athletes, but I'm sure the soccer players are running around for a long period of time. What advice do you have as far as going to elevation? Yeah, that one's a tricky one. That was one that I've because I've raced at Leadville before, and mm-hmm. um, I thought going there for like seven, eight, nine days before I'd be good. God, it was the worst thing ever. It was just horrible. Um, and I've gone to different elevations, um, and I've gone 
with the other idea. And let's just go the night before and show up the day of mm-hmm. and then go at it. And, and it was so much better. I mean, it was just, it was such a better um, race. It was a better way of doing it. So my approach very, very generically would be if you're going to go to elevation, either you got to get in there for a, a minimum of, you know, 12 to 14 days is where they're showing where there's real um, yeah. advantages to being in elevation. And then you actually get acclimatized and then you, you're able to, to, to be able to deal with that. Um, but if not, it better be going from sea level and just jump into it the, the, the next day. But I'll tell you this. I have a friend that's a strength coach out Wyoming and a lot of his athletes, they go back. Um, Wyoming, I think the University of Wyoming sits at like 5,800 or 6,000 uh, feet. So, um, you know, it's I, I think Boulder's roughly somewhere. Uh, like 5,700 or somewhere in there, 5,500, yeah. yeah, I thought they were, I thought they were pretty close. Yeah. Um, so what he does is he has them go home and he has them do a lot of different breath holds and breath work, <laughs> so the Wim Hof method, all that stuff. And he said back in the day, he believed in, he gave them all straws and made them do their endurance mm-hmm. out of like having a straw. And he's like, sometimes we get decent results, sometimes not, but um, it was at least something. He said, we, we've gone away with that. Yeah. Um, then they went and picked up the O2 mass or the uh, uh, the O2 mass or the yeah. elevation mass, and he's like, we really didn't have a lot of luck with those at all. Yeah. Um, but he said, in the in the last six years, they've gone into a lot more of the breath holds and just this breath work. And he's like, I'm telling you, when the kids go home, they come back from you know a summer of being at home, and then they come back and they they're ready to go. Um, their their numbers are significantly better just by them actively doing that. And his program is about four days a week of different breath work. And um, he's like four days a week gives them a heck of an advantage going into coming back to that elevation and making sure that they're able to, um, to, to compete and, and not feel um, so kind of um, O2 starved. And yeah. uh, that has definitely been good stuff. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a challenge going into it, you know, but I also heard great things about the event. So I'm looking forward to it. But also, you know, I'm not uh, trying the podium. So my goal is going to be just to finish. And luckily, it's a half. So I'll just go out and have fun. If it takes me all day, it takes me all day. Um, but I want to be able to breathe and be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, enjoying it and being able to like, I mean, the Ironman is a half iron Ironman or half Ironman is hard enough. You don't feel like having your lungs tore out of your, your yeah. chest, but no, it is. That is a beautiful boulder is absolutely beautiful. And that event is going to be beautiful for you. But yeah, um, yeah there's, I think that's it. And you know, it's funny because my wife and I have been at elevation many times and, um, she's significantly smaller than I am, but, mm-hmm. uh, she, I mean, she could come out and she literally, you know, could do 30 miles on a bike at, you know, at 8,000 feet and have no problems at all. We were at Telluride last year and we were skiing and uh, the house we stayed at was at 12,000 feet. I couldn't even, I mean, I couldn't even go to the kitchen without being out of breath. And she yeah. literally went out for runs like on the, in the mornings and stuff. And so I, again, it's, everybody's different, but yeah. um, I do think that, uh, yeah, those you you definitely the the breath work will help um, yeah. to get the elevation. If you're not going to elevation, it will help um, to help you out with overall um, red blood cell count and 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 yeah, it overall we we all have a lot of ability to actually get a big advantage from from doing that. Yeah, that's what I figure I was going to start training with my mask on anyways. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just put on my N95 and just start. You know, everybody's wearing a I'm mask anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love it. (laughs) 
Um, trying to think, I think that was pretty much all that you doing any other types of breath work. Is that pretty much it? And we covered everything. Yeah, that's, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty much it. I'm trying to think of anything. There's, um, an XP, XP life. I think it's called, it's another app that, uh, Gabby Reese and she's married to the surfer, uh, Hamilton or Hamilton or whatever. Anyway, they, they run a whole thing uh out uh, in hawaii and um it's they do a ton of different breath work and a lot of different um, breath hold stuff what i've found is that no matter what the technique is no matter what um who it is teaching it 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 comes down to um, a lot of the, the the breath hold is learning how to breathe right uh, especially through the nose and then it's just the art of being able to hold on and uh and 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 breathe or and and, and get a proper breath hold in there um, that causes that stimulation. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Tom, uh, I appreciate it. This is awesome. I think that's some great, great information. I think uh, it's going to help me, hopefully help everybody else too. And I think it's something that, again, the focus, uh, it's, it, you're hearing it more and more now. It's not just meditation. It's it's basically, uh, oh, VO2 max. Does it, has it been proven to change VO2 max? It has, yes. And so anytime you can have any kind of uptake, um, of red blood cells, any way of processing that oxygen better, um, does have an impact on the VO2 max. Does it increase the VO2 max in a way that will increase performance? Um, I don't know if that link is there exactly yet, but, but it does show, breath work does show to enhance the um, uh, VO2 max itself. All the stuff that I've done, uh, the breath work has been, it it's really has enhanced uh, so much. I mean, so much from, from the mental side to just overall um, resetting patterns and everything else. Cause I do think that so many of us are, we're breathing through our mouth. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're gasping through our chest and, um, yeah, and it's not supposed to be done that way. Yeah. So one last question, I guess, um, as far as the spinal cord injury, um, so how do you think it's made that huge of a difference? If you say, if you didn't do it, yeah, I do. I, I, even my posture, um, has gotten better. I mean, just by, by emphasizing belly breathing and actually pulling, um, making the diaphragm work, harder getting my posture to be more upright it's definitely how i was falling i was having a problem where i was continually i kept falling to my right mm-hmm. and, uh, and i started doing a lot more of this breath work and i'll be darned if i i'm i'm not sitting a little bit more upright i'm not sitting just a little bit stronger with it um so yeah i i do i i think it i think that there is uh i think there's just so much from structurally keeping the body intact and, and keeping the spinal cord in line um, to just your overall ability to get oxygen into your body, that, uh, that that breath work really does help to enhance. Awesome. That's incredible. Hey, thanks a lot, Tom. You have a great day, a great week, and hope to talk to you again sometime. You bet. You as well. Thank you, sir. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.